following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by The Angus Grill, Bostic Sug, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Gavigan Insurance, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Greenville Utility Company, Pepsi, The Rick House, Taft Taft and Hagler, and tiebreakers. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show. Great to be back with you after a couple of weeks off. And we're going to talk Pirate football for the next hour. East Carolina, of course, struggling at 1-5, hosting Charlotte coming up for homecoming at 2 o'clock on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Defensive tackles coach Roy Tesh is going to join us to help preview that matchup. Take a look back at the SMU loss, 31-10 for East Carolina in the Thursday night special, the blackout special at ECU. But Coach Tesh is ready to go and we'll join him after this. It's hard to forget how hot it gets around here in the summer. Remember, the hotter it is outside, the harder your AC has to work to keep it cool inside. And the more energy it uses to keep you cool, the higher your utility bill will be. Your neighbors at GUC have tips to help you reduce your energy use, such as using fans to cool you down inside and cooking outside when you can in the summer. For more tips, go to GUC.com and look for ways to save. It's bow time. Chicken or biscuits? That's an impossible choice. How can you decide between Bojangles' perfectly crispy, boldly seasoned chicken or their fluffy, made-from-scratch buttermilk biscuits? Well, the good news is you don't have to. With a Cajun chicken filet biscuit, you get the best of both worlds. An all-white meat chicken breast marinated with a bold blend of seasonings and served up on a fluffy, golden buttermilk biscuit. When it comes to real-deal Southern flavor, there's no reason you can't have it all. Order a Cajun chicken filet biscuit today. It's bow time. It's Bostick Sug Furniture's big anniversary blowout, and we're celebrating it in style with huge anniversary savings on hundreds of items in stock, plus six months special financing. Experience the most restful, rejuvenating sleep ever on a comfortable mattress at a very comfortable price with up to 48 months special financing, plus in celebration of our eight decades in business, register for over eight anniversary giveaways during the big anniversary blowout at Bostick Sug Furniture. The Angus Grill is your premier spot for the best burgers, cheesesteaks, and brisket sandwiches around. Join us for our unmatched variety of burger combinations. From the mushroom bacon Swiss burger to the jalapeno popper burger to the original Angus Classic. Pair that burger with our amazing onion rings, tots, fries, or sweet potato fries. Angus Grill, with four amazing locations in eastern North Carolina, including Winterville near Pitt Community College, on Jarvis Street in Uptown Greenville, and on Statensburg Road near the hospital. It's the best burger around, guaranteed. I'm Michael Vaughn with East Coast Grading and Utilities. Many of you know my dad, David Vaughn, and his work in putting in subdivisions all over Pirate Nation. But East Coast Grading and Utilities is not just for those type of big jobs. We're here for the homeowners, whether it's concrete, driveways, hauling rock or sand, whatever you need, East Coast Grading and Utilities can get the job done. Call us at 252-531-7494 or check us out on Facebook at East Coast Grading and Utilities. 
Attention athletes and fans. Tiebreakers is looking for all-stars. Do you know an athlete who made a game-winning play, scored an amazing touchdown, or hit a huge home run? We're scouting Eastern North Carolina for this month's most outstanding athlete. Go to tiebreakersathlete.com to nominate your favorite player for the prestigious Athlete of the Month Award. Tiebreakers, shining a light on the athletes that make Eastern North Carolina proud. Submit your nomination now at tiebreakersathlete.com. Hey everybody, this is David Glenn, and you're listening to my favorite station in Eastern North Carolina, Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back on this Monday. Roy Tesh, defensive tackles coach, is our guest, uh, live from his office over at East Carolina. Coach, I know this is not the season you guys had wanted. What's the mood over there right now? Guys are ready back here and, you know, getting back in the locker room, getting ready to go back to work again today. They've got a big game plan day today for the coaches and uh, everything pointed back in the direction to get this thing going where it needs to go. That's what I've always said when things go south on seasons, and every season can't be a great season. But when you're having a, a tough time of things, you know fans want to jump on board and and it, the turmoil. But it seems to me like the the guys that want to turn this thing around the most are always the coaches and the players. And I think that that that's that's what we're seeing right now, isn't it? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, I, I don't think there's a group, any any stronger group in the country that wants to turn it around more than the people that are in the locker room. Uh, and, and those players, I talk, talk to the other coaches all the time, tell them our players are some of the greatest kids around. Uh, you know, they pick us up. Uh, they're ready to get back to work. They come in here with their hard hat, their lunch pail, and they're ready to go. So we're, we're looking forward to getting another opportunity this week. Pirates fall 31-10 on Thursday night in the blackout special. Before we talk about that very much, but just what did you think of the atmosphere, the Thursday night special, the blackout, that kind of thing? Well, everything, when, when you do a Thursday night game, that boneyard down there is rocking. And yeah. Have the stadium going the way it was going. Uh, the, the atmosphere is electric. Uh, it's a fun uh, atmosphere to be in. Our players feed off of it, get excited about it. Uh, so you you can't replace it. It was just an awesome deal. And you know, it was a familiar script. I mean, you, you guys are right there in the game until late, and then it kind of goes south late. How frustrating is that for you and for these players? Well, I, I think we've got to finish, and, and everyone's you know understands that, and we're pushing forward to make the changes and adjustments we need to do that. And uh, you know, finishing is, is something that, that we're focused on. Coach Houston has changed some things in practice. Uh, throughout you know the last couple of weeks to, to focus on that, uh, just the way we've attacked some different things uh, within in things that we're doing to, to prepare, uh, and you know that everybody's on the same page. That's what we've got to do there. Roy Test, defensive tackles coach, joining us from his office over at East Carolina. Uh, the Thursday night games play, and then you guys get a couple of days off. How beneficial will that be as you get back to work on this Monday? For the for the players uh, to be able to, to take a breather is, is probably really good. Now, the coaches were on the road recruiting, right? Uh, so so we left out and uh, we got back some some late hours there, uh, several of us. But uh, you know, it was good for the guys to be able to rest their legs a little bit, uh, be able to focus in on you know some academic things that they had to handle, uh, and then get refocused for this week. 
when you look at Charlotte, Charlotte also comes in at one and five. I had a chance to watch most of the Navy game, and really, I, I came away with a couple of thoughts. And and one of them, Navy doesn't look like the Navy of old to me. Uh, Charlotte really struggled offensively. Maybe they played pretty they played pretty well defensively against the Navy. It's not really the Navy option we're used to. It's a little bit different. Uh, kind of beneficial for you guys because those are two teams on your schedule coming up. Uh, they are, and you know, right now we're focused on Charlotte, right? And what they do, and and you know, they've got some. They've had two quarterbacks. They're playing. Uh, one guy is more an athletic type kid. The other one is a, a more of a pocket presence type guy. They got, uh, you know, the, one of the biggest offensive odds we'll see all year uh, with transfers across the board and speed guys as well. So they, they've got plenty of weapons. Coach Pogi over there has done a great job of getting the right pieces, uh, and you know. I'm sure that they'll have it pointed in the right direction when they get here. And he's got it. Uh, uh, he took much of the blame for their loss uh, on social media. That was making the rounds over the weekend. But but really, when you look at at, at this Charlotte team, it's going to become you know the rivalry for East Carolina in the American. You know, years going forward. Uh, you know, every week in the American is a barn burner, uh, and then those guys. You know, obviously they're in the state there, and and you know. For us to we, we compete against them in recruiting a little bit, and and we'll continue to do so as we move forward. Uh, but right now, you know, right now it's the next game, and it's the most important game because it's the next game. This is the fifth time you've had a chance to work with Coach Houston, uh, working with him at Brevard, Lenore, Ryan, Citadel, JMU, now at East Carolina. Take us back to those days at Brevard. What was Mike Houston like there? What was your relationship like there? That was several years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. The wasn't quite as white uh, back then in those days. Uh, but uh, Coach was the defensive coordinator at Brevard College, and uh, I was the defensive line coach there. Uh, I would say that he was probably extremely similar uh, in how he attacks, you know, coaching here as far as a mindset. Uh, very, you know, coaching very aggressive, uh, be very aggressive in, in, in his play calling and everything that he does. Uh, you know, we've all, I mean, Matt was might near 20 years ago. Uh, so we've all grown since then. We've all learned, uh, you know, learned from good, learned from bad. Uh, but I think he, he was probably pretty similar in how he attacked it. And I would say that really when you follow a coach that many times, obviously you put your your trust, but you also put your family's trust. I mean, what what the average fan I don't think understands is is when you make a move in this business as an assistant coach, I mean, you're basically, basically betting your life on that particular coach because you want him to succeed because you want to succeed with him and, and you've been able to do it. It jumps at Lenore Ryan, Citadel, Madison, and then here at East Carolina. But, but really, that that's, that's how an assistant coach has to look at it, isn't it? The trust factor is huge, uh, and you know, I believe in Mike Houston, and have you know, have been a lot, a lot of places with him, so I know who he is as a person. Uh, I obviously know what kind of program he runs uh, and what his thoughts are on how to do things before he has to say them. But the trust factor of, of knowing somebody, uh, to me, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. Tr- trust is huge for me, and, and I trust Mike. Coach is is. He does it the right way. I trust him to treat me right. I trust him to treat my family right. Uh, and that's, you know, why I've, I've chosen to be with him so long. When you look at him right now, obviously he's upset with this 1-5 record. Do you see anything different or do you see the, the same determination to get this thing turned around? He's the same person, the same determination to get this thing going in the right direction. And I, I think you know, he's a catalyst for us when we come in, when you win a game. Uh, you come in, you look at the tape, you figure out what's good, 
what, what, what do we need to capitalize on? What's bad? What do we need to fix? And then you move on. Uh, and, and he's doing the same thing uh, week in and week out, win or lose. You got to fix the things that need to be fixed. You got to capitalize on the things you're doing well, and you got to move on to the next one. So I, I think he's doing a great job with that. Fast forward us now. You're at James Madison. You hear the rumors that Coach – first of all, it was Charlotte that, that was after Coach Houston, and then East Carolina got into the picture. What were your first thoughts about coming to Greenville, North Carolina, to follow Coach at East Carolina? Well, you know, it was an opportunity. I grew up in the state of North Carolina. I knew about East Carolina football, and it actually made a recruiting trip uh, 100 years ago out here uh, to watch a game, and, and it was just an exciting time to be able to – have the opportunity to come with coach again and, and be able to uh, embark on another journey uh, and get something going. Yeah, and the funny thing about that, there were so many on that staff that already had East Carolina ties, like Coach Shankweiler, Coach Kirkpatrick, I mean, Dale Steele. So all of those guys already knew a little bit about East Carolina and probably shared that with Coach Houston. You were on the outside as far as East Carolina goes, but uh, you were quick to make the trip as well. I, I promise you this: there were a lot of stories when you when you get to Coach <laughs> Wilder and Coach Kirkpatrick and and Coach Steele. Now uh, they can tell you some stories because they've been through a lot of stuff, and it was all they they all three, you know, they loved this place uh, when when they were talking about it, and you could tell that it was an exciting time for them uh, to be able to come back and and you know to be able to be a part of that. It's just been a blessing to, to me and my family. Roy Test, defensive tackles coach. Before we start talking about your room and, and some of the efforts you guys have made, let's talk about uh, a little bit about your football career. And I think I've asked you about this before, but baffled to hear that you're actually a defensive lineman and fullback for the Carolina Ghost Riders in the AIF. I don't know what the AIFL was, but you were there, weren't you? Yeah, I'm not sure I knew what it was when I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a, I guess a minor league arena league team there uh, that. that I played a season with and was actually coaching football. Uh, the seasons are opposite. So I was coaching at Greensboro College uh, in my first year there, and, and we didn't have spring practice at Division III. Uh, so I was running the campus mail room and playing arena football in the springtime. What was it like playing arena football? Where did you guys, where did you guys play your home games? Well, we, did, we didn't play any home games. We were traveling. Ah. Uh, so we were based out of Greensboro, and we went all over all over everywhere uh we, we went halfway to canada one time to play again we're up in erie pennsylvania uh but uh you know it was a it was an interesting deal uh, it was I, I don't know that i would tell my son to do uh what i did there uh, but it was it, it's something i can tell people about i guess do you still have your ghost riders jersey no sir. <laughs> i think that would be one of the colors uh, it's been so long ago I don't remember wow how about that I gotta, I gotta google that later the Carolina Ghost Riders of the AIFL Roy Tesh defensive tackles coach joining us we'll take a commercial break right now we'll come back with coach Tesh we'll go down down through his room talk about some of his defensive tackles as our show continues after this We are talking with the legendary Greg Lasseter, championsofgreenville.com. And I say that because very few businesses last 10 years, 20 years. You're getting ready to celebrate your 40th year at Champions Health and Fitness. This next coming July will make 40 years. I started out in Aiden with three pieces of equipment and didn't even have a bathroom for people to use. So it's come a long ways. Champions Health and Fitness. Give the address and the phone number. 4190 Bayswater Drive, Winterville, North Carolina. Our phone number is 353 You can find Champions right behind the 
Fire Tower on Fire Tower Road. Champions Health and Fitness. I'm Donald Stocks, owner of Pip Marketing Science Print. We are your one-stop shop for just about anything printed. If we're not your go-to printer, please give us a call at 355-1636. We have over 80 five-star Google reviews and want you to be our next more than satisfied and well-pleased customer. Check us out at growitpip.com or stop in to see us at 3185 Mosley Drive in Greenville. Pip where business goes to grow. I'm Caleb Stroud, the founder of Stroud's Marine. I grew up on the water, and I've loved boating my entire life. In 2012, I decided to give back to the marine community by creating a way for boaters to order pre-owned salvaged marine parts online. Stroud's Marine was born to offer incredible prices and unparalleled customer service. We stand behind every part we sell, and our mission is to save you money and get you back on the water as quickly as possible. Visit StroudsMarine.com today for more information. Stroud's Marine, your best source for salvage outboard parts. Chico's Mexican Restaurant in downtown Greenville is the perfect place to get all your amigos together for some Mexican food, fun, and football. Chico's has been a game day tradition for Pirate football fans since 1983. Whether the game is home or away, make it a Chico's day for some great specials and the best chips and salsa in town. Chico's Mexican Restaurant in downtown Greenville and online at chicosrestaurant.com. Go Pirates! What's up? This is Bryson World, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back on this Monday, East Carolina and Charlotte. Two o'clock kickoff for homecoming. And homecoming, always a special time. And East Carolina fans come back. And uh, obviously, again, it's not the season that Pirate fans wanted, but it's one in five. It is what it is. And it's a chance to start that turnaround with homecoming coming up this week in that two o'clock kickoff. But like pregame tailgate kicks off at uh, I believe 10 a.m. if my math is correct and uh, the boys will be ready and fired up to go for homecoming. Coach Tesh, when you think back to homecoming games, do you get a little bit uh, excited about that? You know, a lot of times I've played a lot of homecoming games over the years and I've always been busy during those things. I guess when I was a player, uh, it, it meant a lot. Uh, when you're a coach, it's really the next game and, and that's what you're focused in on. Uh, but it's always a special atmosphere surrounding the game uh, that the fans get to enjoy uh, and that the players will take in. Uh, so it, it, it's always a special time. And really, when you look at, at, at a struggling season like this, this is when you really need the fans to come out. This is when the guys need to really say, see that, hey, these people are behind us no matter what happens. And I think it's a, it's a big chance, especially for homecoming, for the Pirate fans to come out and show their support for this East Carolina football team that has been in just about every game this season. I mean, you can't, you can't look at it like it's been blowout central because it hasn't. Uh, it's just one of those matters that sometimes, and you've probably seen this in coaching before, sometimes it just takes a little bit more to get over that hump doesn't it our players feed off of, of our fan base when when the stadium's rocking uh they they play harder and harder uh and, and they love it and it's a big part of uh who, who east carolina is that that fan base so our players really 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 love uh feeding off that excitement that comes from them coaching the defensive tackles like you are what's it like to have such a small room <laughs> Well, we got we got a small room, but we got a lot of large humans in it. Uh, I was so going to say we actually meet uh, in in one of the bigger meeting rooms, so we can have the space to spread out a little bit. Uh, but uh, 
you know, those guys are, they're great young men. They really are. And, and they've been here. Uh, we're one of the older groups uh, on the team. Uh, they came in, the majority of the young men that are playing for us in there came in together during the pandemic uh, and did things the hard way uh, for a while. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, they're, they're as eager as anyone uh, to, to get out there and get to work every day to try to get this thing pointed back to where we need to, be, to have it going. Got a little update for the uh, next game, uh, Texas-San Antonio. That kickoff will be at 3.30, so it'll be East Carolina at UTSA, and that will be a 3.30 kickoff, that announcement just coming through. When you look at this, at the room that you have and, and the talent that you have in that room, I know that, that there's been a lot of talk. Some coaches have, have, have quit going to a depth chart because so many people play just about the same number of reps, and I think Coach Houston has gone away from a depth chart. Do you, do you like the fact that you don't have to worry about putting somebody in the first slot and the second slot because all these guys pretty much play the same? Well, it, it, it's kind of – we have this discussion all the time, and, and you sit, okay, this guy will run off the sideline first, but you may look up with how many people we substitute, especially in that defensive tackles room. I get accused of being a hockey coach all the time. You may look up, and the third guy off the bench is the one holding the line uh, on, on the goal line. You know, and you never know when your first opportunity is going to be. There's several of those young men uh, whose first opportunity to be able to play college football was against highly ranked teams in high pressure situations, and and uh, you know they've got to be able to go in there. They've got to operate. So we we talk about it all the time. Joke next man up. Uh, we'll flip coin. You know, we'll we'll play paper rock scissors. Who runs out on the field first? Uh, and some of that's dictated by the the offense and the tempo they're playing and and you know, how fast they're moving and, and who we've got to move to be able to slow them down a little bit. You kind of feel like a hockey coach with the line changes here and there, right? Oh, yes, sir. It, it, that happens all the time. And, and you know, we've, we've, we're blessed to be able to have so many guys that can function and can operate and can play at a high level that we can rotate as many as we do to, one, keep them fresh, two, but to make sure that we've got the right people in the light, right spots to get the job done. All right, take us through your room a little bit. Let's start uh, at the nose tackle position with Dante Johnson. So Deontay is he is the life of the room. He is a big smile on his face everywhere he goes at all times. I've never seen, I maybe seen him frown twice uh, since he's been here. Uh, but when he gets to work now, he's a lunch pale young man. I mean, he, he puts his hard hat on. He's a, a very twitchy guy at the line of scrimmage, very sudden. Uh, very powerful young man, straight ahead, does a great job in the run game for us and, and has really become a, a leader in that room and for our football team. So gr- great young man. How important is it to have a guy like that that has a smile on his face to be a leader on that defensive line? Well, I, I think it's huge, and, and I think it's – each one of those young men in there has something different they bring to, to the table. Deontay is that magnetic personality, and when you've got a guy like that who does things the right way – uh, it tends to draw others, uh, you know, to doing things the right way. And, and, you know, you may have a guy that might be a little rough around the edges, but, you know, Deontay can, can say, hey, look, uh, Big John talks about it in the weight room, bring one with you all the time. Deontay can say, hey, look, here's how we do things. Here's one thing you need to be focused on. And, you know, his personality and his smile will get that young man to follow him. So it's, it's invaluable from a leadership standpoint. And behind him at the nose tackle position, talk about some of those guys. So big Jason Shuford uh, has, has you know been here. They all came in with Deontay there. He's been playing well for us 
uh, he's, he's actually very involved in the special teams, which is not something that you say a lot for a guy that's uh, as big as he is. He's our biggest defensive tackle. Uh, but uh, is, is doing really, really well for us on the special teams unit as well and has, has become a guy that has gotten exponentially better uh, throughout his career really this summer, uh, really turned the corner there and into fall camp and has been playing really well for us. Uh, and then also we've had uh, Xavier McIver, who's been here uh, as long as those guys as well. Uh, Zay uh, played a good bit and then got dinged up uh, in fall camp and has since come back on and, and had a really, really good week of practice last week and played for us uh, in the game this past Saturday. And then as part of the, part of the defensive scheme, you, you have the nose tackle position, you have the defensive tackle position, Surad Ware and, and, and Elijah Morrison, some of those guys, right? Yes, sir. Surad, uh, Elijah, and uh, C.J. Mims uh, is the third guy in there that has really been doing a decent job for us uh, this fall. Those guys, uh, that, that defensive tackle position in our defense can ask you to do a myriad of things. You could be an A-gap defender on one snap and a five-technique boundary defensive end on the very next snap. So they've, they've got to be uh, very athletic. Uh, they've got to be tough enough to play in the A-gap and fast enough to play on the edge. And that, that's a unique position for us in this defense. And those guys uh, have been able to do that so far for us. And, and that is a unique position. Uh, talk about the, the the other side is more of a rush in, Jeremy Lewis and, and some of those guys. So there's a big difference there. No, there is. You know, the, the rush in, Jeremy and Jack and those guys uh, are stand-up, hybrid linebacker type guys that, that can rush the passer, bend the corner on the edge, and they're speed guys. The, the boundary, uh, the defensive tackle, uh, we don't call him a boundary end because you start you look around. We got so many guys that run. You might have three thousand ends on the field at one time. Uh, so we call him a tackle, but they've got to be able to be uh, stocky enough and, and run discipline enough to, to be able to hold an A gap against a double team, uh, where those ends or those those rush ends, uh, they're more in space linebacker type bodies. So they're unique, but you know everybody's position is a little bit out there on that field. All right, let's go through the, your defensive tackle. Start with Ware a little bit because he's had a good year. He, he has. He's playing uh, a lot of snaps for us. He got dinged up last year uh, and really came on early last year and then had some ankle trouble uh, and, and fell off a little bit, but really responded over the summertime and, and just excited to be out there, uh, you know, and, and being able to play again. And he's had some success. Uh, being able to get there off the edge a little bit and then being pretty formidable in the B-gap down in there in our base packages and things like that. Uh, so, you know, he's a, a hybrid as far as our room. He's probably, you know, with Deontay's the big smile uh, and, and magnetic personality. Sue has a little bit more reserved, a little bit uh, more of a tough guy down there in that B-gap, and, and he's really had a really good fall doing that. Big number 90, Elijah Morris. He came on with a flurry his first year. It seemed like his first year at East Carolina, he recovered like 12 fumbles. I mean, he was always around the football. He's a ball magnet. Yeah, exactly. Wherever it bounced on the ground, there was there was number, well, he, I think he was 60 the first year. We pick on him all the time. We say we didn't know his name. We just called him by his number. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he had a nose for the football as a young player and has continued to do that. And you know, We thought it was just a thing where it was – you know, he would find it when it was on the ground. And what it really was is, is he just plays as hard as anyone. Uh, so he's around the ball. So if you throw it outside the numbers, he's going to chase it out there. If it's in the A-gap where he's supposed to be, he's going to be in there finding it. And uh, just the, the level at which he plays 
and, and how he plays the game. Uh, we talk about that all the time in our room. It's not what we do, it's how we do it. Uh, and, and he's really the epitome of that. And then you got C.J. Mims. Uh, what has he brought to the ball club? Uh, you, you know what? He is bigger uh, than some of the older guys, uh, but has the ability to run as well as, as some of them. So he's as big as a nose and has actually played uh, some nose guard for us this fall uh, and, and can has the athletic ability to be able to roll out there on that edge if we need him to and survive. Uh, he's, he gets better every time he plays. Uh, every time he goes out there and he lines down, uh, there's something in, there's no re, no replacement for playing in a football game uh, for as far as the defensive tackles are concerned. And, and every time he gets out there, he gets a little bit better. He learns something different, whether it's something he did good or something he did bad. Uh, he's always learning and, and he's progressing very, very well. What about some of the younger players in your room that maybe uh, maybe red shirting or maybe we may see later on the season? Well, we've, we've got a, a crew of young men uh, that have come in uh, that are all freshmen, uh, a couple of walk-on uh, guys uh, that have, you know that are out there battling it out right now. And, and with everything else, they're trying to learn the game of college football, what it takes physically. Uh, some of those guys, you know, there's a shock to the system. We asked one of them. I remember asking, you know, J.D.'s playing a little bit in for us now, but when, when J.D. Lampley was young, I said, J.D., what's the biggest difference between here and Richmond County? And all he said was, fast. Just one word, fast. And I was like, <laughs> so the young guys right now uh, are, are learning the, the game and, and trying to keep up with the speed of it, learning the physicality. And, and really, they're learning multiple positions because they're used to coming from a situation in high school, uh, like Kyler Puckett there from Southwest Guilford, uh, he's used to playing nose guard. Well, now he's playing three technique, nose guard, a gap, and a little bit of five technique. Uh, so he's learning all those positions and, and you know trying to figure out our scheme and, and keep up with the speed of the game as well. So it's, it's a whirlwind for some of those guys right now. Do you see a plan that some of those guys may get to see some action as, as we go further in the season? Well, it, it's tough in, in our room, and the reason for that is we have a good stack. We, we're six deep uh, when it comes to bodies. Uh, in the defensive tackles room that are playing in normal down situations right now. Uh, so, you know, when, when you start getting into the eighth and ninth guys, you never know. You, you never say never, but it's it, there's a lot of work that's got to go in to be able to put yourself where you're functional. And, you know, we, we had this situation a little bit even with Elijah Morris in the last game uh, or the game before against Rice. You know, he was got dinged up and then he was back uh, and ready to go but not necessarily being available and the best option because of how many guys we have in the room. Sometimes those can be two different things. Uh, so it, I think you never say never, but you never know. You know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how the season unfolds. East Carolina defensive tackles coach Roy Tess joining us on this Monday. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll come back and then we'll wrap things up with Coach Tess. It's a big game planning Monday for all the assistant coaches. So we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll talk about the Charlotte 49ers. Get you ready for a homecoming from Coach Tess after this. Do you 
want to go to the next ECU home game for free? Well, stop by Greenville Auto World and register to win tickets to see the Pirates play. Greenville Auto World has supported the Pirates for 47 years and will be drawing for free ticket winners weekly. Need an oil change or new tires? Remember Greenville Auto World for all of your vehicle service needs. And if you're shopping for something new, visit driveherenow.com for the best selection of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greenville Auto World, Pirates supporting Pirates. The Rick House is Eastern North Carolina's premier American-styled restaurant and bar, and there's always something special happening at the Rick House. Join us for lunch. It's our two-for-20 lunch special during the week, and it's the perfect spot for that lunch business meeting. The Rick House celebrates the last Thursday of every month with a special wine tasting, and our buffet brunch is to die for. Follow the Rick House on Facebook for the latest schedule. The Rick House, American Provisions and Spirits, 710 Red Banks Road beside the bowling alley in Greenville. The Rick House. Hey, Miles, isn't it amazing to think our family has been distributing soft drinks since 1923? It certainly is, Landon. And with that comes a lot of change. But what hasn't changed is our dedication and commitment to our customers. I'm Miles Menjis. And I'm Landon Menjis with Menjis Bottling Group. Our family has taken great pride in refreshing our neighbors, and we are proud to have remained locally owned and operated for over a century. From our family to yours, we say thank you and are honored to be a part of this wonderful community. Here's to 100 as we celebrate our employees and our customers all over East North Carolina. From generations before us and to future generations. Cheers to the next 100 years. Cheers to the next 100 years. My whole business just went up in flames. But my agent was there before the fire was out. We started a plan. I've got 25 employees who could be out of a job if we didn't get this place running again. My independent agent and auto owner's insurance, they made sure we didn't skip a beat. I mean, we didn't miss a single payroll. That's incredible. For whatever lies ahead, we're always there. This is Jeff Gibson with Town Insurance in Greenville. Call me today at 756-8300. Go Pirates! When you walk through the doors of Villa Verde, you'll experience the sights, sounds, and smells of authentic Dominican flavors. This is Jay from Villa Verde inviting you to come by this summer and try one of our amazing empanadas. Our famous red snappers, grouper bites, seafood paella, Cuban sandwiches, and much, much more. Relax on the patio with a fresh mojito or a cold beer while enjoying one of our out of this world desserts, like our rum pineapple cake or our famous stress ledges. Villa Verde on 10th Street, a platform for good and a proud supporter of the Pirate Nation. This is Dale Murphy, two-time National League MVP and number three with the Atlanta Braves. And you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back on this Monday as we wrap things up with Roy Tesh, defensive tackles coach at East Carolina. Uh, coach, before you were doing the linebackers, bandits, that kind of thing, what's the big difference for you as an assistant coach uh, to working with the big guys on the line? Well, you know, the, <laughs> they're a different crew. You know, the big guys up front, they – I played offensive line when I was in college, and there's just something different about putting your hand on the ground uh, when, when you're down there in those trenches. There's a different kind of toughness. Uh, there's a different kind of demeanor. There's a different kind of pride in, in, that you take in yourself for what you do, uh, more so than when you are a skilled guy out there on the edge. Uh, it, it's a little bit different world 
confidence is a big deal out there uh, on the edges. You know, when you're coaching those those uh, DB type guys, which is what the, the bandit was uh, a couple of years ago when I was back there doing that. Uh, so it, it's it's a little different, you know. But at the end of the day, it's the same kind of mentality. Here's the job that's got to be done. Here's how we get the job done. Let's go uh, find a way to get the job done, and then go from there. And also special teams. I, I know you came originally a special teams coordinator. Now it's kind of like a, a group effort for special teams, isn't it? Well, it, it was. It's always been kind of a group effort because even the first year when I was the special teams coordinator, I was in charge of all four special teams. But I didn't coach all four special teams by myself. Uh, and, and that's still the case. Uh, even Coach Doust here. Uh, you know, you don't coach those things by yourself. The coaches, the assistant coaches are out there and they're, they're helping you. There's eyes everywhere, uh, eyes on certain guys, you know, and, and if you get too spread thin, sometimes you, you don't, you're not as detailed. Uh, so it, to have as, as many guys as we are involved in special teams really, really helps uh, get get the guys pointed in the right direction to get the job done we need to get done. And there's always been that, that catch-22, I guess, uh, of using starters on special teams. What what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you like to use the first-teamers there? Do you like to have a mix? Do you like to see the, the guys that aren't playing as much get a chance to go out there and do it? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think there's positives and negatives to both. you got to find the right people, put them in the right spots. And, you know, sometimes that's the starters. Sometimes that's a guy that may be a backup that's fresher than the starter and, and still does an excellent job of what you're asking him to do within the, the job and the special team. So I, I don't think there's a magic formula for it. You want to put the best possible person uh, in the slot. No, no different than what we kind of talked about before with Elijah. Uh, it, a couple of weeks ago, he was ready, but was he the best option? I, I think you've got to find who the best option is for the job you're trying to get done uh, and make sure that you've got that guy coached up on what he needs to do and get him out there. Let's get a scouting report now on the 49ers of Charlotte. As we said, it's going to be the the rivalry game most likely for East Carolina in the American Athletic Conference. Charlotte in its first year in the AAC. Charlotte comes to town at 1-5, so they're desperate for a win. East Carolina comes into the game at 1-5. They're desperate for a win. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff. What have you seen uh, on the Charlotte offense so far, Coach, on the film you've seen? Uh, They have some guys that can run. Uh, They've got unique packages they don't mind lining down and trying to run the ball uh they can spread the field vertically on you and and got some guys that can run uh very very good routes they've got a good number of tight ends out there uh who they use well uh within their scheme Uh, and like we talked about before they've got two different quarterbacks that you know one that has got a good pocket presence and the other kid that can really really run uh so they're dangerous uh they've got plenty of weapons and uh, they you know, they use them. When you looked at the, the Navy tape, did you think that Navy played really well defensively, or did you see that Charlotte struggled a little bit uh, executing some of their offensive plans? I, you know what? I, I don't necessarily spend a lot of time looking at Navy and how what they're doing until we play Navy. Uh, so, so Navy's defense is very similar to us. Right. Obviously watch that tape very, very closely. Um, but as far as who was playing what we're focused more right now on what is it that Charlotte's doing and and how to adapt to it and and how to, you know, attack it with what we do. And you said that their offensive line is one of the bigger lines you'll see, right? They have some large humanoids. (laughs) They're they're very, very big. Uh, They've got a lot of transfers uh, across that line. 
I think they're starting four transfers right now, and they've got several others that are not starting uh, that that have played uh, a little bit. Uh, so they do. They have some very very big powerful guys uh, that can move fairly decently for their size. What's it going to take for uh, the Pirates to get a win on Saturday against Charlotte, especially start with your defensive lineman? What do you want to see out of your defensive tackles? Well, we, we've got to be us. And what that means to us is we've got to be physical at the point of contact. We've got to limit the yardage in the run game, uh, continue to do that. Uh, once you get them uh, limited in that, then we've got to put pressure on the, on the quarterback, whoever it is back there. Uh, and make sure that, you know, if it is the one that can scramble, that we, we keep him caged in and, and don't let him run around all over uh, and, and use his feet to pick up yards. Hopefully we'll have a nice weather day coming up because the weather, especially today, is just perfect. But hopefully it'll stay that way for East Carolina and Charlotte. Coach Tess, thanks so much for your time today. I know it's a busy, busy time for you guys. We certainly appreciate talking pirate football, especially when, when things aren't going so well, to come on and, and to talk about the, the team and talk about the, the, the chance to turn this thing around. We certainly appreciate it, and we appreciate your friendship, and thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me on. Appreciate you. All right. Appreciate it. Roy Tesh, defensive tackles coach at East Carolina, our guest. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll come back. We'll bring in the boys and talk a little NFL football to wrap up this edition of the Brian Bailey Show. That's coming up for you right after this. Papa John's new garlic epic stuffed crust pizza is the pizza inspired by our biggest fans with that garlic flavor you all love. Get it, on it, with it. Get the new garlic epic of crust pizza for $13.99 only at Papa John's. Hey, Pirate fans, Papa John's is the MVP move for game day or any day. Place your order online at papajohns.com and sign up for Papa Rewards. Papa John's, better ingredients, better pizza. Go Pirates! Hey, Pirate Nation, I'm head men's basketball coach Mike Schwartz. And I'm Kim McNeil head coach of your defending American Athletic Conference champion women's basketball team. Basketball season is just around the corner and we're looking forward to another exciting season on the hardwood. We need Pirate Nation to pat Minji's Coliseum by purchasing your season tickets today. Call 1-800-DIAL-ECU or visit ecupirates.com to get yours now. Thanks and go Pirates! We started off with Samuel Adams Boston Lager. That really changed the perception of what an American beer could be. I don't think that guidepost has ever changed to create a beer for everyone craft for everybody we make it easy right we pick up any of our beers and they're going to be great they're going to be delicious beer's original mission was to open the door for people and have everyone have a good time that's what we're doing today at sam adams we're craft for everybody and we're really proud of that mission of delivering beers that can bring as many people together as we possibly can built strong and built to last kawasaki mule side-by-sides are made to handle the toughest jobs whether you're putting in a hard day Day's work or trail riding on the weekend, Mule Side-by-Sides are built to get it all done with confidence. From the compact Mule SX to the full-size Mule Pro FXT, no matter the task, there's a perfect Mule Side-by-Side to help get the job done. We've stayed authentic to our roots for over 30 years with an uncompromised commitment to performance, capability, and durability. That commitment is captured in three words after building a reputation that doesn't waver. When it comes to the capable lineup of Kawasaki Mule side-by-sides, those three words are
are trusted, tried, and true. Whether you're looking for a compact or full-size Kawasaki mule, visit our showroom at Ron Ayers Motorsports, Highway 11 north of the airport in Greenville, or online at ronayersmotorsports.com. On approved credit, see dealer for details. What do I like about being a local agent for Farm Bureau Insurance? Above all, I like helping people. Using my insurance experience to make pirate country a better, safer place. Insurance is a necessity, and I take pride in helping people find the right coverage for all their needs. I'm Brandon Manning. Call me at 252-531-1812 for a quick auto, home, or life insurance quote. And to learn more about Farm Bureau Insurance and how they can save you time and money, that's Brandon Manning at 252-531-1812. Pirate Radio. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. I want to thank Roy Test, defensive tackles coach, uh, for being on with us today. He had meetings to get to, so we let him off a few minutes early before we wrap up our show. And just in case you missed it from earlier in the show, the UTSA game coming up a week from Saturday in San Antonio was a 3.30 start. And I know the Pirate faithful uh, will like that because they can get back at a halfway decent time when you go to texas and those places out west and you play in those seven eight o'clock starts uh, it makes for a long night getting back so that's a three thirty kickoff east carolina and utsa and american athletic conference play another new team in the american i uh, got some thoughts on the nfl from this past weekend clip brock's going to join us chandler's going to chip in let's talk about those commanders first of all congratulations on a big win you got to like the fact that as you pointed out several times already today You'd be four and two if you'd beaten the Bears. Yep. I uh, knew they were going to win Sunday. That is a Ron Rivera special. Lose three in a row, get on the hot seat, everybody doubts you, and then he wins a game. So that was that was written in the stars, Bailey, but it does uh, anger me that if you just show up Thursday night, home game, sell out crowd against the Bears, you're looking at four and two right now, and you feel a lot different four and two than you do three and three. And that was a home game at that Thursday night. That was that was really rough to watch the Bears and the Commanders in that one. But the Commanders go down to Atlanta, win that game. The Panthers stayed consistent, didn't they, Chandler? Yeah, they stayed consistent by not winning. <laughs> so uh, got off to a good start there in Miami. But here's the sad part: when we got up fourteen to nothing, I knew that it wasn't going to last long, and it did not last long. Next thing I know. It was twenty-one to fourteen. So, how do you um, get that? How do you get out fourteen nothing and cover a fourteen-point spread? Yeah, like, exactly. the Panthers didn't even cover. In the NFL, you're thinking right away, fourteen nothing. Yeah, you got this. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking. I tell you, I tell you the one that I was baffled by this weekend, uh, and, and I've, I've told, said this before. I, I play in a pool where you pick against the spread, and uh, it, it was it was Colorado, and I was going to take. I thought Colorado was just going to steamroll Stanford. They're just going to roll. So I, so I'm doing touchdown Friday, and it's halftime. I look up, it's twenty nine nothing, and I go on the set, and we do touchdown Friday. I come back. I, I was going to watch the game or listen to on the way home i forgot about it i get up in the middle of the night and i just check scores and i could not believe that they lost that it was it was unbelievable really i was not following it so i was shocked to see it all transpire i watched the whole game and it was just crazy. did you really i did oh i did i saw one like a 97 yard touchdown pass the guy ran 95 yards i think like a scalded dog and ran all the way to the end zone number 13 for let me think who they were playing stanford stanford 
had like 300 yards receiving. Yeah. I mean, and a big part of that was that 97-yard touchdown pass. But, I mean, Colorado just let them kind of ease back into that game. And next thing you know, it's in overtime and they're taking advantage of it. But that, that number 13 for the Cardinals – uh, he, he he really uh, went off and helped them propel past Colorado. I don't know if you guys have seen it. And if we could play it, it'd be hilarious. But the Saturday Night Live skit about Dion, have you seen that? I saw. I have not watched it. I, oh I saw it. Was gosh. You got to see it. it. The guy, I forget the guy's name, but he, he's a, he's really good on Saturday Night Live. Anyway. Uh, Tom. Yes, that's who it is. Well, I did see one part where he was talking about getting called from God. He got the call from God. That, this part is, is he's talking about the game itself and he said man it's 29 nothing man I, w- I wouldn't take a nap <laughs> it's just just the way they pulled it off and, and you know and he's saying all the Dion things about how you know how great and this and that and then, then the, the guy interviewing him says well you know you're four and three <laughs> and, he, and then he goes he goes man got a great offense uh, defense tries hard <laughs> I mean it's just just the way they wrote the skit and the way he delivered it was just uh, absolutely uh, I had a couple guys send it to me before after i'd already seen it i saw it on tiktok or something but it was just very very well done and just uh absolutely hilarious for what what they're going through and, and he he has done a good job turning the colorado program around but they're not quite what they thought they were are they this is crazy i was listening to a radio show coming into work today and they said uh they were talking about the patriots and they were saying well you know belichick's lost it and he said it's not like he can just turn over the roster like you know Dion did we used to say the opposite. Exactly. Like yeah. college, it's not like you can go to free agency uh, like you can the NFL. Now the whole thing is flipped, and you have a better chance of changing your team around in college than you do in the pros. And Dion, Dion does so many commercials. How does he have time to do any football coaching? I mean, Aflac and KFC are just two of the ones I can think of off the top he's of everywhere. my head. But yeah, he's he's absolutely everywhere. But uh, Saturday Night Live got him, and, and you know Saturday Night Live's been a part of my life, most of my life, and they've had great, great years, and they've had terrible, terrible years. But uh, that's uh, that was really just a. Uh, just, just, just something to see. It's just funny the way they did it, and they really did a nice job with it. Uh, Holton Aylers got a chance to uh, sign with Seattle late last week. That was good. Uh, back with the Seahawks, man. Uh, I haven't talked to him lately, but you got to wonder what goes through his mind every week because that's got to be – talk about the ultimate yo-yo. I mean, and, and we all know the NFL is a business, but my boy is seeing it firsthand that the NFL is a business. Yeah, and a lot of folks don't understand that comment on social media Video about it. Oh, like, yeah. Why are they uh, jerking why him they around? They don't appreciate it. Yeah. It's like that's it's just part of it. I went by my parents uh, yesterday before the one o'clock NFL games, and my mom said, Who do the Ravens play today? And I'm like, Well, I think they're about to finish right now. Right. I forgot because she wanted to check on Keaton Mitchell which I didn't see any of it. Did he do anything? No, no. He, didn't get any action. he didn't get any action. And I thought the same thing. We went out to eat, and I looked at the TV, and I said, why are they showing an old game? I said, oh, yeah, that 9.30 game. I always forget. I need to set a thing on my watch, on my phone or watch or something to, to watch those games. I always forget. But, uh, yeah, he had a, he, he did he did suit up, but he didn't have any stats at all. So It was just weird not seeing the Jaguars in that game because they played oh, wow. the past two yeah, London games. The London Jaguars. Yeah. Man, exactly. they had a chance to do a lot of that. Uh, how was the fifth quarter call? in the other night after the 31 to 10 loss to smu on a thursday how, how late did you guys stay up uh two o'clock wow. until two 
show went three hours. Wow. Um, and somebody asked me, are, is, are people still angry or are they getting apathetic? And I would say people are still angry. Oh, yeah. Well, people I think are still so. upset. Well, I think, you know, when you look at the whole picture, if the people aren't upset, that's when you got problems. Yeah. Now, obviously, some of the things that are being said, I don't agree with. Uh, you know, obviously, everybody wants to see this thing turned around. Uh, as I said to start my show today, the fact that the players and the coaches are the ones that are desperate, more desperate than anybody else is they've got more into it and there are a lot of pirate fans that have their money invested in it and it takes a lot to go to a game it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of money i mean nobody's you know faulting that but uh it's just you have good years and bad years and i think that that maybe when, when you step back and look at everything that, that's going on this year I, I think that coach houston will look at it and say he learned some things too about the transfer portal about you know trying to keep his team together you know what he's going to do on offense i mean they still have some really difficult decisions to make later on on offense but they've still got to get this thing played out yeah and i mean i I know they're trying as hard as they can one thing that upset me uh the other night was you're down 14 six minutes left to go and it's fourth and two and you punt it i don't understand it and i won't understand it i i I just didn't get that call at all I, i don't know that is waving the white flag at that point. Yeah, and that was that was a, a, a questionable deal as far as that goes. I mean, it's just you know because you know nobody on that sideline was waving in the in the white flag, but I guess you know the thinking was they still had time, but they didn't really. No. When you look at it, there wasn't that much time to uh, to figure things out and to get things straight. Charlotte comes to town. I did have a chance to watch the entire Charlotte Navy game, and I was really this is not your your dad's Navy team at all they don't run the same type option charlotte whatever option navy ran charlotte slammed the door on it uh i know that uh that navy scored a touchdown on a long pass play a slant that that just broke broke open and he ran for a touchdown i think they ran a running play a long way i think that came in the third quarter but 14 nothing was the final Uh, charlotte just did not look very good to me i don't think they're a very good football team coming to greenville but obviously they look at east carolina and think they've got a chance in this one yeah and uh biff is going to do all he can to stay out of the basement of the american and this would be how to get out of that basement beat east carolina uh, so they've probably had this game circled. And you mentioned uh, to Coach Tesh about this is – and rivalries are organic. You don't – you can't just make them up and things like that. But I do feel like that as the years go on, hopefully both of these teams will be competitive. It will be nice to have an in-state team in this conference. And I think especially like, – it'll be fun in basketball, I think. But, uh, but football, too. Uh, so I want to ask the players about that when we talk to them on Tuesday. You know, any any added juice playing an in-state opponent uh, that is now a, a conference rival? Yeah, and I, I was going to say the same thing that that you know this Charlotte team it, it gives you a chance as a as a football fan in the area to travel to go to Charlotte and and, and I think that that's a big plus a conference game uh, with a you know a game you can travel to. I think next year East Carolina opens. I think we open at home against Norfolk State. And then don't we go to Old Dominion after that? But that's another game that you can uh, you can travel to. And I, th- I think the ones that, you, that fans can travel to uh, to show their support. East Carolina always travels well. And, and, and this does not look to be a bowl season for East Carolina. But Pirates have had two straight bowls before this. And I think, uh, you know, you, if you get a chance to travel to some of these games, I think it's important. Yeah, the schedule's not super attractive. But from a travel-to standpoint, you got Norfolk State 
end of August uh, at Old Dominion, first week of September. App State here, right. middle of September. And then the following week, you get to travel again because you're at Liberty. Liberty. Yeah, I forgot about the Liberty so game. So it yeah. is a travel schedule. Yeah, travel-friendly schedule for next year. And I think that when you when you look at it, I mean, you look at it you know, from, from the outside, there's four games you can win. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go 4-0, but they're, certainly because you looked at the schedule this year and, and you figured you could win the Marshall game. You figured you could win the Rice game. You figured you could win the App State game. And and the Pirates had chances in all those, but uh, just didn't come to be. East Carolina one and five, playing host of the 49ers of Charlotte at one and five, coming up at two o'clock. What kind of crowd do you think we'll get this week for homecoming? I, I think it would be. One. I don't think it'll be great, but I think there'll, there'll be a lot. I think a lot depends on the weather. And somebody told me that, that it rains in the forecast, which I hope it's not. I don't think Charlotte will bring a lot. of I folks don't think either, so either. Right? I think that that's uh, something that you'll see. Uh, what do you think of, of Charlotte's coach? You call him Biff, but with the the look that he gives the uh, the sweatshirt look. What do, what do you think of that? Is that a wife beater? Is that what that's called? Uh, I think it's more of a cutoff. Cutoff. Cut it is okay. a shirt that has lost its sleeve somewhere in the process. <laughs> what do you think they lost? I it think at? he's. Uh, uh, he's kind of a joke, but you know he's. Uh, I don't know. He, he makes it about himself, and he put a lot. He put a bullseye on himself for no he reason did. at all. So he's gonna have to take it now. If he comes in here and win, he, he's gonna be able to talk junk for a whole year. So good for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Not a fan. <laughs> what of What do you want to see this week out of East Carolina? <laughs> I don't know, Bailey. Really? I'm down. Well, I, I, we don't. I, I, I I've been saying it for five, six weeks. I want to see something different, but we. I don't think we have the personnel to do anything different. I just. I don't know. I, I think it starts up front with with the offensive line, and I think that they're going to have. You know, we keep saying you got to get the running game going, and and the running game has been you know pretty much non-existent. And, and well, the, I don't think you can go first and ten and run it every time. I think you've got to do some some variety there at some point. Yeah. I, I, but you can't throw the ball either. So you can't, you can't there's nothing. Like you got to do something well. Right now they're not doing anything right. well. They're not doing anything. And I think if, if if you block it better up front and maybe you have to max protect, you know, on passes and try to, you know, get somebody because I, I think we're still missing that that big key, you know, somebody to really fly through the secondary. Josiah Hatfield has shown flashes, but he's not. Jalen Johnson has shown flashes, but he's not consistent. I mean, our so, best guy right now is Sowell, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think Chase Sowell has really, you know, and and to his credit, some of us, myself included, at least once, mispronounced his name because I was told it was Sowell, but it's Sowell. It is Sowell. So, uh, but Chase, he has been the best guy. There's no question about that. Yeah, it has been. We take for granted, I think, uh, just all the great receivers we've had and just oh, assume yeah. that one of them's going to pop up. Like last year, we didn't know who Winstead was, and he was a great player for yep. us. And uh, we just assumed, okay, somebody else will do it this year, and, and we just haven't had that, that happen. And I think that's maybe part of the, part of the pirate issue has been that, that, you know, the next man up mentality. But as we've gotten through this year, the next man up hasn't come through like those other next men up have come through. So I think that that's been one of the issues. But uh, hopefully they can begin the turnaround. There's still time, and there's plenty of football to be played, and nobody's throwing in the towel over there. That's for sure. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's one of those – it's hard to keep the faith when you see the same 
same thing over and over. But then again, hopefully they can uh, get this thing turned around. I think the one thing this team needs, whether it's, it's Flynn, whether it's Mason Garcia, whoever it is, they need a little confidence. Somebody's got to be confident to go in that huddle and say, hey, here's the play we're going to run. Here's how we're going to stick it to them. And here's how we're going to be successful with this play. And I just don't think that they've got that guy in there right now. And, and I think it's, you know, and, and again, you've seen glimpses. You've seen glimpses of Mason and you've seen glimpses of uh, glimpses of Alex, you know, doing something like that. But it's just the consistency factor has been uh, the big deal. So, well, uh, we'll I'll say them. this, Bailey. Thank you for your shot of optimism because I'm out of it <laughs> and you are doing all you can to fire me. Well, and I've, folks back I've up. been through a lot lately, so I'm optimistic about just about anything. There all right. Go. I want to thank Roy Test, defensive tackles coach, for being with us today. Of course, I want to thank Chandler and Cliff for being on with us to talk a little NFL football. We'll see you back here next week with another edition of the Brian Bailey Show. Pirates in Charlotte, 2 o'clock at Daddy Ficklin Stadium this week. This has been the Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by the Angus Grill, Bostic Sug, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Gavigan Insurance, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Greenville Utility Company, Pepsi, The Rick House, Taft Taft and Hagler, and Tiebreakers. Join us next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, right here on Pirate Radio 93.3.